Hi, I'm Angela Lovell. I'm a psychic, best-selling author and a witch. With the help of some very magical guests, I'll answer your toughest questions and give the best advice to help you achieve your most magical life. Sorry about the rhyming, I couldn't help it. At least it wasn't a pun. Hello, sweet souls. Some of you are coming from my beloved and currently paused podcast, This Is Where the Magic Happens, co-hosted by my astral sibling soulmate, Ryan Singer, who doubles as a comedian and paranormal investigator. Um, I love him. We're just on a break. It's hard to record separately, and my guides will not shut the fuck up about me doing this podcast. I honestly don't even want to do it. I don't even want to do it, so I hope you love it. Uh, The rest of you might have succumbed to divine intervention and found yourselves here asking, what the hell is this? I'm going to do my best to answer that question. I recently watched Crazy Not Insane on HBO Max. In this fascinating documentary, psychiatrist Dorothy Otnow Lewis, an adorable little petite Jewish woman who's like super spunky and uh, secretly morbid, discovers multiple personalities are real, murderers were all abused as children and or they all suffered frontal lobe damage, and she is mocked for her research and court appearances as she tries to save many lives. And she believes in studying these people and finding out how to prevent killers from being made. She does not believe they're born. She even interviews serial killer and Sagittarius Republican Ted Bundy. I can tell you a lot about astrological charts of serial killers as well as their political affiliations, and I apologize in advance for how often I'll be bringing up Dahmer, but Geminis are my favorite sign of the zodiac. So, A few years ago, something I read convinced me multiple personalities aren't real, and that kind of broke my heart. In my last lifetime, I wrote a book about multiple personalities. In this lifetime, I wrote a play about them that was almost turned into a Broadway musical and is like a super weird story that, uh, I don't know, I guess I'm not super ashamed of it. I could have done better. That's all there is. I don't do a lot of regret, honestly, in this life. There's just no point. You're here for lessons. You're supposed to fuck up. If you're not fucking up, you're gonna get fuck up shit thrown at you. Sorry, I'm just, you know, if you're not fucking up, then the universe is going to fuck up your shit because you have to learn. That's the whole point. If you're you're not wallowing and suffering and fucking up, you're going to get a kick in the pants from the universe. Anyway, I'm going to try to resist talking too much about my last life because uh, my children are still alive and I don't want anyone getting weird with them. I don't want to get with them. Um, Listen to episode 24 it's called Witch and Famous of This is Where the Magic Happens, uh, if you are super curious about that at any point. But I don't really like talking about it. A film was recently made about that lifetime, and I absolutely loved watching it. I hate all the films, mostly, that were made from other things I wrote. Um, but I do cringe whenever someone tries to talk to me about that film. So uh, I think they nailed it, but I don't really want to live it outside of sitting in a chair watching it by myself don't even want my mom wanted to watch it with me and I was like fuck that anyway Dr. Lewis was persecuted for her discoveries and researching murderers a colleague once asked her when you picture a witch being burned at the stake do you see yourself watching from the crowd or do you see yourself as the witch Dr. Lewis replied I'm always the witch this has been weighing on me ever since I watched the documentary I never even considered the fact that some people imagine themselves in the crowd. What is that like? Like, what? 
I, I didn't even think it was an option. In my last life, I also wrote a lot about witches and even more about persecution. Uh, I have always seen myself as the witch, and I imagine that feeling goes back many lifetimes, possibly all of them, maybe even once or twice, facing such fiery persecution myself. Or maybe they just hanged me. Hung me? Hanged me. Ugh. Ah, hanged, I think, is correct. Who do you see yourself as? Take a moment. Maybe you've never read Mark Twain's Journal of Arc or really listened to the lyrics of Big Mouth Strikes Again by the Smiths, two of my most favorite things. Witch or spectator? Have you ever really thought about this? Are you even living a life that's worth burning for? Picturing yourself as a witch is admitting you are a glorious freak of nature, a standout who's more magical than the crowd and someone who will not conform. You are living your truth if you're being burned as a witch. And with that 2021 shitstorm brewing on the horizon, you do not want to be going with the flow, sweet darlings. What I experienced personally and professionally in my readings with clients all year is that 2020 showed us our truths. It held a busted mirror up to our faces, forced us to clutch it with both hands as we were basically strapped into chairs to watch recently discovered reels of our childhoods that we did not know existed. You have received valuable insight this year. If you don't apply it in 2021, the universe is going to spank the hell out of you. You have got to not say, it's just like, <laughs> it's just like ghosts. It's like psychic visions. It's everything. Well, that's not real. That wasn't an orb. That wasn't a, the, why are you doing that? Why would you do that? That thing, that dream I had and the realization I had about my parents, that wasn't, why would you do that? Why would you do that? You were given insight. Live your truth. Keep journals that will help you. Read them. Reread your journals. Um, don't read the journals of your partner, though. That never works out. Um, okay, so on top of 2021 coming for you, Mama Earth is still trying to kill you. I no longer say us. She and I are cool. I'm still taking precautions, but I'm pretty damned spiritually aligned with her based on my lack of animal products and use of dumbass plastic straws. Why, why do we still have plastic straws? I don't, I don't understand the dumb, there's, I mean, add it to the list, right? Why is fluoride in our water? What the fuck? Okay. I also spend a lot of time barefoot with earth since February of 2020, uh, which she really likes. And if you want to get right with her and not be killed in, oh my God, I mean, it's mutating. Hello, didn't I tell you guys it was going to fucking mutate? And everybody said, well, everything mutates, blah, blah. No, it's mutating. It's getting, it's getting real. Um, so there is a serious reckoning coming. I'd love to tell you 2020 was it, but it's just amping up and it's, it's not supposed to depress you. It's supposed to invigorate you. This is a huge turnover. Shit is going to change big time. We've got Age of Aquarius now. I mean, goddamn, just Google that shit right there. There is so much good stuff coming. Okay, so anyway, why should you trust a single thing I'm saying? Who am I to deliver mysteries of the universe and talk about ghosts and serial killers? I mean, whatever. We're going to try to stay. I'm really, really going to try on that. Puns and serial killers. I've 2021 is a new me. Less pun, fewer puns and fewer zero. Anyway, I'm a Sagittarius with a Leo moon. So I, I do love to talk about myself. I used to hate this characteristic, but in 2020, I accepted that I am astrologically disposed to interrupting people and blasting their asses all about me. I am working on this. I'm working on a lot of things and I really hope you are too. 
you chose to be here for this. Keep that in mind. You signed up to be here now when this shit is whack. Okay, but back to talking about me. I was born. Uh, okay, you guys, that I know how this is starting. And this is this could be some heavy shit. I was born into demonically charged trauma. My mother's brother had been brutally murdered in his home one month before I was born. It took my mother over two hours to tell me the entire story recently, so I'll give you the recap and potentially save that interview with her for another episode because it will blow your minds. Uh, My mom is quite possibly the most prominent Mark Twain scholar in the world. You might have read about her finding his childhood signature in the Tom Sawyer cave in Hannibal, Missouri. Oh my God, did you hear that? I have recently adopted a piglet. I think it's supposed to be a chihuahua, but you okay? I'm not cutting that. Who has time for this shit? Okay. So she found Mark Twain's, well, Samuel Clemens, uh, his signature in the childhood cave, which um, people had been searching for it for decades. She worked as the executive director of both Twain Houses in Hannibal, Connecticut, and she's the first person the New Yorker calls when they need some Twain comments for an article. I am super proud of her. Mark Twain is family to me, as in he is with us all the time and always has been. I don't want to get into other people's past lives. We are very connected. My mom more so than any of us. Um, I've seen him materialize. I've heard his election predictions and he's even helped me find lost objects. I mean, I, according to him, I know who the next president will be, even though we already got Biden and Kamala, I can tell you in four years, who's going to, anyway, maybe I should talk about, I'll put that in my Patreon, motherfucker. Yeah. Go be a patron. Um, the link is in the bio. Anyway, um, Mark Twain. He has some serious opinions about the state of our nation as well as my mother's excessive Twain collection. But back to my birth. So my Uncle Alan had gotten mixed up with some bad people. He'd had a rather public fight with a man, uh, a very scary criminal. And um, my uncle's wife had recently left him and took their five-year-old son back to Canada, where she was from. So my uncle was in a bad way. Days before the home invasion that led to his murder, he begged my parents to sleep over. Um, My Uncle Alan lived in a house at the top of a hill overlooking the trailer park that my grandfather built back in the 70s where pretty much all of my family had luxurious double-wide trailers, brag, brag, brag. A few years ago, I renovated a 34-foot trailer, which I hauled my six pets around in, exploring parts of the country I'd never seen. So, like, yeah, I'm a trailer park baby. I'm embracing that. Um, And my last name, Lovell, is the second most prominent surname among the Romani, known to the less politically correct as the Gypsies. Personally, the word Gypsy doesn't bother me, but I am a white woman. Real Romani people do not look white and have asked us to stop using it, which is fine by me. My DNA also recently revealed, and I'm so over the moon about this, Balkan and Greek ancestry, which is often the case with Romani, but especially delightful to me because I am a devotee to a devotee, oh my god, to Hecate, the goddess of witches and psychics, who originally hails from Greece. So like, I'm I just discovered this. Anyway, uh, thanks 23andMe. I am a fourth generation psychic. Some of my living family members still possess gifts, mostly with mediumship. My mother's father had ghost stories that prove he had sight and connection. Even after all I've experienced um, well into my adult life, I mean, I've never lived anywhere where I didn't see dead people. Uh, And 
poltergeists, all the fucking shit ton of stuff, you guys, seriously. Um, but my grandfather still had the best ghost stories I've ever heard in my life. And he inadvertently conjured demons once or twice, um, but not the same ones who harmed his son, my uncle. So back to that. My very pregnant mother preferred her own bed, but slept over with her brother so he'd feel safer. Well, they, they tried to sleep. My mom had been lying awake with a bad feeling for nearly an hour when she finally whispered to my father, do you feel that? He replied, yes. They laid awake all night in my uncle's bed and left as soon as the sun came out. When I asked her what it felt like, she said, like something was waiting for me to fall asleep so it could take my baby. A few days later, her brother was murdered in that very room. There was no justice in my uncle's murder. One of the men confessed to it while on his deathbed in prison. Um, he was there for a different crime. The confession should have meant something to my family, but it didn't. I was born on the heels of a bloody, violent crime, and my family never needed anyone as badly as they needed a happy baby girl. Now, if you know anything about Sagittarius and Leo, we are exactly the type to sign up for something as morbid, and um, a clown was needed, you know? A clown was... That's that's Sagittarius is what I've been calling us. Anyway, like most psychics, I still have memories of infancy. There was a black winged angel with me a lot. I saw it absorb into shadows in my nursery whenever someone would enter. I thought it was my uncle, but now I suspect it was actually Archangel Gabriel, only because I saw it while channeling with my best friend and mega soulmate, uh, named Gabriel after the angel. Uh, this might get confusing. So his mother called on the angel Gabriel to save her baby as he and she were dying in labor and the angel saved them. And so she named Gabe Gabriel, my best friend. Anyway, this black winged protector introduced himself to my Gabriel while he was channeling and I was supervising. Um, another time I have this amazing story about the first time I actually channeled and Gabe talked me through it where, um, I, climbed a beanstalk forever and I got to heaven and he thought I had fallen asleep but like when you channel you kind of go that's people this is a huge misconception meditation channeling journeying you are supposed to feel like you fell asleep that's you're not supposed to be in your body um but I got all the way up to heaven whatever heaven is, whatever this heaven is. There's so many underworlds and heavens. There's just so much shit, you guys. Um, I get all the way to the top and there are these massive cloud people. They were giants. And it was so great because I was like Jack and the Beanstalk. And then there were giants and they were shaped like clouds. And they were all dressed in Elizabethan um, like wigs and gowns. And they were they were waltzing. And when I got there, they stopped and they all started to part the crowd to let me walk through to see like God or whatever, whatever fucking God was in charge of the place. And as I start walking through the clouds, I hear Gabe, not the angel, my best shitty friend calling me, Angie, Angie, are you awake? Angie, did you fall asleep? And I fell out of the clouds and I saw the beanstalk. And just before I landed in my body, I saw it lying on the floor with Gabe, and my black winged angel was like a gargoyle hunk, hunk, um, hunkered down like on the edge of my bed watching me and guarding my body. Um, I haven't really, I don't think I've seen it since then. But then Gabe saw it when he channeled and it told him I'm the angel Gabriel, which fucking A, man. I mean, 
I'm in. I'm in. Uh, you know, anyway, channeling can be very scary. Angels can also be very scary. It is a major misconception that angels are friendly pastel huggy things resembling your grandmother's ceramic figurines. Um, angels are badasses. Um, so, uh, Gabe and I, uh, we were musical theater nerds who loved doing the woo and often invoked the dead. Um, Gabe has for sure had some serious alien encounters, which he kind of can't even talk about. It's adorable. Um, <laughs> to see fire in the sky when we were kids in the movie theater and he covered his eyes the whole time. And I fell asleep because honestly, that's a very boring alien film. But, um, Gabe has been like pretty traumatized and shook by his alien encounters. Uh, he went catatonic one time in his driveway. For, anyway, anyway, he's fine. Um, so whoever this angel was, they stayed close to me as my family was repeatedly attacked for most of my infancy. One morning, someone fired shots at my mother as she bounced me on her hip in front of our home, like just stand outside being normal. And somebody fired a gun at her. Um, the bullets whizzed past our heads. Someone poisoned our dogs and killed them. Uh, somebody tried to break in while my mom was home alone with me. These people threatened to kill my entire family. And these weren't even the ones who had murdered my uncle. So that's a, a different horror story. A curse had been placed on my uncle's house when my grandparents pissed off a very hostile witch tenant that they had uh, to evict. Like my uncle's murder, there's a lot more to that tale too. It's actually kind of fun. It's like women getting catty and one of them happens to be a dark, dark witch. Anyway, I mean like the whole thing is a fucking shit show and this is why it would take two hours to tell her version of it. Um, so they think that she unleashed demons in the house before my grandparents kicked her out and sold it to their son. She did, well also his, his mother-in-law put, said she cursed them. I don't know. Lots of curses flying around this whole fucking thing. Um, but when I was, I mean, when I was, this is like a side story, but when I was about two years old, I mean, I was, I, they talked about this a lot around me, the circumstances of this murder and my grandfather had been attacked and there was a lot of scary stuff. I mean, like I grew up, there's a baby picture of my brother and me. I'll put this in Patreon too. Patreon, um, we're like snuggling in bed as little babies and there's a shotgun next to us. You know, this was like some fucking woodsy back hill, Pennsylvania. Oh God. I mean, there's really good magic in Pennsylvania. You can do some crazy shit. Um, anyway, we'll talk about that another time. Um, so, but I was only, I was only a baby and, and I was getting like really heavy, loads and waves of grief and fear and, um, trying not to absorb it. And I did have a guardian. And, um, when I was about two, I mean, here's some crazy shit. Like I, when I was two, that was the first time I met Jesus and most witches don't want to work with his hot fuck boy energy, but I am totally down with JC. He and Pan are probably my favorite male deities and have shown up for me so many times without me even asking. And my grandfather fucking loved Jesus. He planted the seed in my toddler brain that JC would always show up for me. And one night, my mom and her four remaining siblings sat around our home reliving the murder of their brother. It had only been about two years since his death. And um, no one censored themselves very well around me. You know, like babies, you don't think they're, they're absorbing things. Um, and the story was terrifying. He was found with blood coming out of his eyes as though he'd been crying blood. 
I mean, you hear that one time, you never forget it. And that night I put myself to bed as they kept talking. And I was always like a super independent kid when my mom was in the hospital having my brother. Um, I walked up the road in a diaper. I was like one and a half. I, yeah, one and a half. Um, like went to my grandmother's house, one and a half, walked up a hill, up the fucking road. I mean, that's crazy. I just, maybe I was a little over, I felt very safe. I always felt very safe. Even the horrible things that happened to me are part of my soul contract and they're really horrible. But for the most part, I could get away with a lot because I think I did come in with really good guardianship. So that night, I had a little baby fever and they had given me like the little chewable orange aspirin and I was really scared for the first time in my life. I thought like maybe I'll die. They're talking about death so much and now I'm sick and that I put this together now that that leads to death. And so I crawled into my bed. I, I, I prayed to Jesus just as my grandfather had instructed. And I also called on my uncle Alan cause you know, I was always told to talk to him. Um, but the dead take their time resting. It's hard for them to come right back in when we call them. It usually takes up to five years, except for pets for some reason. Um, animals in general, probably because animals are better than us. <laughs> I mean, like, like I don't understand. They don't need the rest uh, the same way we do or something. I have, I have not been able to make sense of it, but um, I've been doing a lot of pet mediumship lately. And God, I mean, it's really, they're just so much better than people. Um so I, ca I called on JC and he placed a hand on my back and my back was facing the wall. My door was shut. I will never forget my life-size doll who stood naked across from me that moment because I tried to wear her dress myself that day, like stripped her down naked and tried to put her clothes on me. Um, and my nightlight was on in my bathroom and I felt this hand on my back and I know it was I know it was Jesus. He rubbed my back with this giant warm hand and I knew in that moment I would be okay. And not just okay through this first illness, but okay my whole life. Sometimes that guy shows up on the first day of my period. He has been so good to me. Seriously, I fucking love Jesus. It's Christianity I'm not okay with. It's like those people don't even know him. They don't even know what he's about. But this was such a gift. At that age, you know, I'm already seeing this angel with me. I fucking have the guy show up of protection and healing show up and be like, no, no, I'm with you. Don't worry. You know, like it was such a gift. It gave me so much confidence. And I think this is also one of the reasons, because I do believe we're all born psychic and, you know, we all have different gifts. Some people hear things, some people feel things or see things, or, you know, some people can do a lot of it, but it's, it's hammered out of us. You're supposed to be normal. You're not supposed to see that stuff. That's not, you know, TV and books and stuff. That, those are the crazy people. You know, it's, it's, it's not really fair. It's hammered out of us the way like gender's hammered into people, you know, the sexuality, you're going to be, you're going to marry a man, you know, the dumb shit that, that we're, we're shaped with. It doesn't even make, it's not even, it doesn't even make sense anymore. I, I mean, I think new people are doing much better with children these days. I don't know. Anyway, I grew up thinking all kids saw ghosts, angels, orbs, demons, um, inadvertently scried in frosted window panes of their houses and snuggled Jesus. And I mean, I was a hit at slumber parties until I got older and realized I was a huge fucking weirdo. And I don't mean in the cute, oh, I was such a nerd way. I mean, in a very awkward and sometimes bullied way. Um, 
I just, I knew things about people. I, people, I could get very uncomfortable. Um, and I was weird. I was fucking weird. I mean, that, I didn't, I didn't meet a lot of people like me. I, I fortunately did meet a couple. Thank God. I'm going to tell you about one of them right now. When I was in my 20s and I went to my Uncle Alan's house for the first time in my life, I was actually in town in Pennsylvania visiting my childhood best friend who drove me there. Um, Jenny was born a witch too. Uh, she always kept an herb garden and she would like give me lavender and stuff for my haunted house and you know, things to help me with the ghosts. Like as a kid, she was always reading about goddesses, uh, used tarot cards. Um, she eventually backpacked Ireland. Like she's still a badass witch and a secret hippie, but now she's a corporate executive or whatever those people with offices and assistants are called these days. I don't know. Anyway, um, my other best friend was born in the Harrisburg hospital two days before me which was crazy. So we were like babies in the nursery together and our mothers bonded during, um, they, <laughs> Sagittarius Leo here. Uh, I don't know. They picked me to show people how to give a bath to a baby. I don't know if it was because I was beautiful or I was cool or I was sedated. Who knows why? But anyway, my mom's always like honored by this fact. Anyway, while they were watching me, her mom and my mom started talking and like really hit it off. Then a few days later, or sorry, a few months later, um, so we're like little babies. Her mom shows up. They didn't keep in touch. This is before people did that really well. Um, she shows up at the trailer park to rent one of my mom's trailers. And um, also, please note, you guys, this was a gorgeous trailer park with streams, nature, my jolly Aquarius grandfather who dressed as Santa every Christmas Eve, delivered presents to every single child who lives along the hillside that he himself leveled and developed. I mean, like he, that man built houses with his bare fucking hands. He was amazing. He comes through a lot for me. He's got lots. He's here's a hot tip. Um, some family members, you're not going to be okay with in this lifetime. You're not, you're never going to make sense to each other, but when they die or when you die, when one of you dies, oh my God, you just like reconcile so quickly. You get each other instantly. It's amazing. Not always, but usually it's way easier to make amends with the dead than the living. Um, so I'm still so grateful for the Sagittarius like sister. She was a sister to me who came through the same astral shoot as me to land in the hospital and share so many of my planets. Um, and we grew up mixing secret potions. Like we would hide this. We were always trying to do witchcraft as little, little girls. Um, we would see ghosts together. We believed in everything, but we lost touch. Um, probably when I was around the age of 13 and she's not really on social and I don't blame her, but our moms recently reconnected. And her mom sent mine this gorgeous photo of her. It's like the sort of photo you'd use for a professional bio, maybe like your LinkedIn photo. Um, but in it, my childhood best friend is proudly wearing a pentacle necklace. So she's like this professional with this like huge ass pentacle around her neck. And I saw this and I was like, of course, the two most important girls I grew up with are fucking witches. Like, ugh. Of course. I mean, I just saw this photo of her and everything clicked and I don't know. Anyway, we messaged on, she is on Instagram. We've started, I don't know. I would love to see her again. Anyway, um, back to visiting my uncle's house. I didn't know the address. I didn't know what it looked like, but as Jenny and I reached the top of the hill, I could feel it. And I knew it was feeling me. 
and every home I've ever occupied was haunted. I can always tell upon entering a place that's occupied by the supernatural, this place was permeating paranormal and it was bad. Even Jenny felt it. And she's like, I'm waiting in the car, which fine by me though. I don't blame her. I, anyway, I knocked on the door and this creepy old man answered and there was something wrong with him. He was not driving himself. Something else was driving him. I asked if he knew anything about the murder that had occurred there. Not only did he know, but he cracked a joke about my uncle's death. Um, he wouldn't let me in, which was probably for the best, but he told me I could look around outside. And I started to turn the corner and I would have been out of sight from Jenny's view when something like literally pushed me back. It was as though all of my guides were screaming, get the fuck out of here. I went directly back to the car, told her there was something wrong with that place and we need to get out of there fast. She didn't, I mean, she was like, yeah, duh. So we drove down the hill. My heart wouldn't stop racing. And I, I mean, like it was, I could feel whatever had, it was still there. The thing that tried to take me out of my mom was still, I mean, it was wild. So that house knew me. It wanted me. And Jenny says to me, after we're just sitting there in silence, like shocked and shook, she goes, do you think, and I finished her sentence with, that the house made them kill him? And she just nodded. Those people, and it was like a group, and they always had like this Manson vibe. It's horrible. It's a horrible thing, and the details don't really matter right now. But um, this group of these fucking weirdos went to that house. Not the good kind of weirdo. Went to that house, and I, I believe they went there just to rough him up. But whatever is in that house wanted blood. My family never recovered. And I've always wondered if I came in so psychic because of the murder and all the eerie events surrounding it, or if the danger and the grief and the neediness, if all that heightened my senses, if everybody was too distracted to, to beat my psychic abilities out of me, I don't know. I don't know, but I know one of my biggest life's purposes was to be here during that, during, during all of that. So I, I mean, my parents moved us like, I don't know, the whole trailer park felt bad. Everything was fucking crazy there. My parents moved us from the trailer park and into the most haunted house you've never heard of. It's like Amityville wishes. I used to consider it a form of child abuse, them keeping us in that house when it was so hostile and terrifying um, I truly believed one night that something was going to kill me and it wanted me to think it was going to kill me. And I, I mean, my, we had, we had terror, night terrors like crazy, but they were real. They weren't like us dreaming. Um, now I'm actually grateful for the experience. It made me a light sleeper, but it also made me brave. I think being a light sleeper is safe too, honestly. I'm totally fine with it. Um, it did heighten and sharpen my psychic senses living in that house. And that house had everything. That house had fucking everything. So years after we left the house and moved to Florida, ugh, my sociopath uncle killed his wife in that house with his bare hands in the, the haunted childhood house we had in Pennsylvania. And even though he's an extremely violent, straight-up sociopath, I still can't help wondering if, like my Uncle Alan's house, maybe something else was driving him when he did it. So... I, uh, 
more backstory. I started reading tarot in college. I couldn't stand any deck. I still have a very hard time with decks that are not the Alistair Crowley deck. Um, so nobody knows how to say it. It's because it's Egyptian. There are all these different. So most people say it's the the um, the Thoth deck. No, no, Toth is the most used one. Then Thoth or super Egyptian uh, Tarhute. No one has ever agreed on how to say it, uh, but it is a master level deck and it's still the only one I'll use. But since my big awakening about two years ago, I don't even need tools like tarot. Um, I love tarot. Uh, Crowley was a shit bag, but man, that guy knew magic. And uh, also Lady Frida Harris is the one who designed the deck anyway. And the highest ranking cards in the minors is a queen. There aren't even any kings in, in Crowley's deck. So when I started reading tarot, it was way too easy. I had met a witch in my college ballet class who turned me onto it. She was also a Sagittarius and turned out to be one of the most magical people I've ever met in my life. She told me at the very beginning, don't get a book for tarot. It's intuitive. It's an intuitive tool. I tell people this all the time. That's my advice to any of you who want to read cards. It's designed to work with your third eye, especially Crowley's deck with all of its Kabbalah, astrology, alchemy, numerology, um, like magical correspondences, and the Book of Law, which Crowley channeled on a trip to Egypt. I mean, that dude was fucking connected and kind of a misogynistic piece of shit, honestly. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, the queen is the highest mind. Whatever. Whatever. I think he was a Libra, honestly. Oh, I know he was a Libra. I'm just saying. I was married to a double Libra. They get butt hurt. Um, definitely my favorite ex-husband, though, the double Libra. Way more so than the Sagittarius with the Leo moon. Ha ha, that's my placement. Ooh, gross. Um, so, okay. Learn, like, read your deck, get into it, and then go learn what the cards mean later. Because you'll be blown away by how much you've already learned intuitively. Um, this is also the part where I'd love to remind you that I have a psychic development masterclass available on my website. You, uh, you'll figure out which gifts you possess and how to use them without any tools. And it's currently buy one, get one free to celebrate 2020 ending and to prepare you for 2021. Um, yeah, so check it out. I mean, you can add tarot, but I feel like tarot cards are like training wheels and, if you rely on tools, and I have, I've relied on tools, and now I don't, I can fucking sit down and tell you anything. I'm going to have to open a channel. Don't text your psychic friends and ask them, can you look at this guy? It's so annoying. Opening and closing channels sucks. It's very exhausting. Anyway, um, that's just my pet peeve, and I think I've pretty much made it clear with all friends who stepped over that and didn't respect my boundaries. <gasps> yes. I am really trying to cram my greatest hits into this episode, and reincarnation is definitely one of them. So I've been blessed with a fast pass when it comes to reincarnation. I also, um, I didn't realize I could do past life readings until I just like, it was Ryan. It was, it was Ryan, my podcast partner, who I just was like, let me do you. And I did it. And then I got really good at it. And they're very heavy. Um, and I'm super grateful for this gift. It's crazy. Um, but it's also maybe because I'm so in touch with my past, my last, my last lifetime, especially and the one before that I'm pretty aware of too. Who knows? Anyway, um, I have been blessed with a fast pass when it comes to reincarnation. So most souls get waitlisted, but I've managed to come back within 10 years of each death. I did a past life regression once with a phenomenal psychic friend who you can find in Casadega. Her name is Kat. Um, she reads at the Casadega Hotel. Um, 
This regression took us to the Mesopotamian land of the dead, where I used to work in the form of a blackbird, most likely a crow, based on the way crows speak to me in this life. It, it is way too familiar and bossy. So I recently discovered my DNA actually holds ancestry from Mesopotamia, which, uh, to my delight, it like... In case you don't know, Mesopotamia is considered the cradle of civilization because it is the first place where complex urban centers grew. And as a triple fire sign, I hate missing out, so it makes total sense. I would have wanted to get in at the very beginning of this world. Um, it's also like, I mean, like Egypt, it's like the first of stuff. It's the first. Um, and unlike the usual past life regression readings I do with clients over the phone. This one was in person and Kat and I held hands. It was also more of an astral projection than journeying to observe history. Um, the, I'm trying to think how I can explain the difference here. Um, when I journey, like I have no concept of time. Um, I journey when I do past life readings. It's really, really weird. Some people get annoyed because I don't do... Um, I don't do uh, Skype with video, but my eyes are shut the whole time. Like, why do you want to make me self-conscious? I don't It's just weird. Anyway, um, so Kat and I, uh, we're both seeing and feeling the same things as they occurred. And after two hours of going further and further back through my lifetimes, a green sort of orb appeared overhead, and I instinctively turned myself into a crow. Now, this wasn't something I'd been doing. Um, this was totally new. I had only ever... You hear that little dog? Mm, so cute. Uh, they, the vet believes she's a Sagittarius as well, so I would say so. She's very feisty. Um, she's also totally bouncing back. She was. She lived in a crate her whole life. Where'd you... She just hit a cookie under my pillow and pulled it out. I'm so grossed out. Tots, so gross. Um, the, the She lived her whole life in a crate. Uh, waiting for her first heat so that they could breed her. Um, please adopt, don't shop. Please. My Jesus God Almighty, how are you people still buying animals? I don't, what the fuck? Anyway, get right with the planet and its people. You know, the, the animals for sure outrank us. So get right with that. Um, okay, so green orb. I turned into a crow. Um, I had only ever moved as a wolf through worlds, which I had done that day. Um, Laloba, this was, I mean, the women who run with wolves, you can read about this, um, which like, fuck yeah, it was a wolf. That's so cool. But I, I, I was very surprised by the crow thing. And, um, I was also surprised because I said to cat, turn into a spider and stick to my back. Like, you know, just basic psychic hang chit chat. Um, but she did. And we passed through the light. And it was like a security checkpoint. And if you've ever read about the ancient Mesopotamian underworld, which I had not at this time, you know it is believed to be a cavern located deep below Earth. And as we entered, we saw, I mean, it was a cavern. And there was a waterfall and layers of Earth on each side of the water, almost as though it had been like very neatly sliced, like a, like a layer cake. And you could clearly see the layers, which were entirely soil, rock, and lots of bones. But the vibe did not feel sinister. Death is a part of life. This place was like, welcome home. Um, so a common misconception is that the underworld is a version of hell, this one. Um, 
And this is fun. The act of pouring one out is from uh, Sumerian family members of the deceased pouring libations onto the earth for their dead loved ones to drink because they believed there was nothing there to quench their thirst. But I saw it with my own beady crow eyes. There was a waterfall, and it was beautiful and very blue. Um, Sumerians believed there was no final judgment of the deceased, and the dead were neither punished nor rewarded for their deeds in life. A person's quality of existence in the underworld was determined by his or her conditions at the time of their burial. And somehow, I don't think they got that one right. But I didn't notice any other souls there. there I only saw one. And I flew straight to him. It felt... I mean, like, the whole time we were doing this pastoral life regression, I... I kept feeling like, God, no, where is it? How do we get, uh, uh, like, I just needed to get there. Um, when I saw him, it felt as though I had finally achieved something huge. It was something I wanted in my last life and the life before that. Like, it was so old. It was, it was an ancient desire to return to this place, and I hadn't figured it out yet. So... Um, cat fell off of me as I swooped to this person standing down in the valley. Um, he looked long, dead, and leathered. His eyes were just bloodshot. They were bloody. Um, but they appeared to be the same greenish-brown as my own eyes. It was very strange. His skin was dark. It, his skin was dead. I doubt his heart was beating. He wore a loincloth and held a golden staff. And he had been waiting for me. He was like dry, his lips were moving, but they were like, it was, it was like if a mummy talked to you. Um, and there was no expression on his face. And Kat clamored to get back up on me. Um, she was still a spider. And as soon as she started climbing on, he picked her up and he threw her off. And I could see it. And she was like, ah, you know, we're talking, we're lying side by side. Um, what he was saying to me was not for her ears. But I neither heard nor understood any of it. I do believe I was absorbing it. And um, as Kat was reaching me again, he placed a scroll tied with a red ribbon in my beak. And I didn't want to leave her behind. Um, we were like, it was like a light hypnosis. We were speaking to each other the whole time through our actual bodies. Um, so it wasn't like, I'm leaving you here forever. Um, you know, it was fine. She would have to just get back into our body. So I flew back through the green light and Kat struggled to like catch a breeze or something, but to launch herself back through because it was like up in the sky. So on the other side, I popped through and um, Kat came out a little bit after me, but I was still a crow. I unfurled the scroll. The writing was all um, logographic, like Sumerian, um, kind of looks like Egyptian writing. Um, possibly was though Egyptian. The only bit I can remember was an eye resembling the eye of Horus, which that is Egyptian, not Sumerian. Um, but Mesopotamians passed down different laws related to the eyes. Um, the, the one, the Mesopotamian one was, um, prescribed punishments, um, and like the law of retaliation. And we know it today as an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. A, a tooth for a tooth. Great. A tooth for a tooth. Um, I've been very tired lately. I'm very sorry. So the statues, it was the full moon, um, the, uh, and, and the impending doom of 2021. Just kidding. It's going to be great. Um, the statues that have been found in Mesopotamian lands 
um, most frequently are missing their eyes. And it's most likely some people, I'm sorry about the noisy Sagittarius dog in the background. Some people think um, it's them cutting eyes out of statues, eye for an eye. Most likely it's because those eyes were made of precious metals and stones and people stole them. Um, but then Egyptian, the eye of Horus attributed to, um, you know, Egypt is uh, the eye of protection. It represents the sky god Horus, who was depicted with a falcon's head and a human body, that guy, but was more often than not represented only by the stylized eye of Horus. So the symbol that symbol contains six parts that represented the six senses, touch, taste, hearing, thought, sight, and smell. And um, the eye of Horus is used as a protective amulet, uh, you know, against the evil eye, which pretty much everybody knows i would assume at this point if you're if you're listening to this you probably know what the eye of horse is anyway um it's also used as a symbol for restoration health and general protection so i would love to believe that the scroll was telling me like you get restoration health and general protection but um i and it wasn't like just some warmonger pushing me to vengeance because i already have a problem with that um but it also kind of goes with my goddess theory which um I'll mention in just a bit near the end. Um, but, uh, like, I don't know. Maybe it's all of it. Who knows? Anyway, back to my scroll. So as I got to the part with the eye, um, the eye popped up out of the scroll, and it shot. So this eye, most likely eye of horse. It had the black under it. It was most likely the eye of horse. Anyway, um, fun mysteries. It popped up, and... This actual tangible ring popped out of it. Um, it was like a big red ring and people, like a ruby. And people always ask me the cut of the stone. And I hate diamonds and gold because it wrecks the planet and the people in those regions. Um, they're also completely unimaginative flesh decorations and you should aspire to do better human race. Um, I think recycled gold is totally fine, but like, let's bring ethically sourced birthstones back. Seriously. Um, you've got to get right with mama earth and her creations. I'm telling you the time is now. Um, what I can tell you about the cut is that I've been married twice and engaged many times, I don't know, cuts. It looked like a ring pop. It looked just like a motherfucking ring pop. Uh, very shiny red. And I was still a crow and I put the ring on my, wouldn't it be great if it was a ring pop? Like, congratulations, you visited the land, the Mesopotamian land of the dead. Here's your candy. Um, so I put it on my little crow claw. And as I did, I, I turned back into myself. So cat, got in and saw me do all this. Like she watched me with the scroll and everything. And I was, I had my own eyes on it and it was wild, but we come back to our bodies like in that moment. And she was freaking out. She was like, you just got to get from the underworld. And you got, I mean, like the best thing to do if you've journeyed or, I mean, I can't, I can't not do this. Even sometimes when I do really heavy psychic readings or past life regression, I have to go outside and stand barefoot on earth proper, like grass, you know, cedar chips will work too. If you're in North Hollywood and you just did a really crazy deep meditation and there's just concrete everywhere and your friend goes and gets you a smoothie because you're going to pass out. It's, I mean, I go really fucking deep and then I end up with one foot in the other world for like hours. Um, anyway, that was this. And so we go out on the porch and 
Kat is a really great artist and she was sketching it all, what we saw. And Doreen, one of my other favorite psychics at the Casadega Hotel, joined us and we, like, they're both out there smoking and um, we all kept guessing what the gift could be. And that gift still has not shown itself. But one of my guides has given me a hint. It has to do with death. Um, and like doesn't everything. So I don't know, maybe I find out when I die, but I already have a fast pass for reincarnation. So I don't think it's anyway. Um, I do believe I had a long-term position in the Sumerian land of the dead, most likely shepherding lost souls. I believe it was a good restful place. I believe I started my journey on this planet knowing far more about other worlds than most people get to. And, you know, I, I've been, I've been coming back to this planet a lot, like a lot, a lot more than anybody I know. And I've seen a lot of aliens, good and bad, mostly in readings for other people. Um, I've carried many alien trackers in my body, which they're technically not allowed to do to light workers. But it was back when I was in a miserable marriage with a narcissist who basically ate all of my energy and goodwill for his every meal. So you're weakened and aliens can fuck with you a little bit more easily. Um, my relationship with aliens is very strange, almost as though they're afraid of me. I'm flattering myself probably. Um, at first it's disappointing me, but now I, I'm starting like, I want to explore this. I don't know if they're, maybe they just hate me. Um, I don't know, but I have snooped a lot of their shit and I've closed some portals on them and not all aliens are bad. There are plenty who want to heal, help and teach us. And I'm so optimistic they're coming in 2021. So God dang, this dog is very, she is eager to be, she'll wake me up in the middle of the night and want to like pet and play. And I mean, she's only one year old. God, I she and my black cat, Rue, are best friends. They chase each other around the house. Um, it's the most delightful shit I've ever seen in my life. I, if you don't have a pet right now, I mean, get you a pet. That's that's how you're going to survive this. I mean, this, my God, you guys, I'm sorry to be obsessed with her in this moment. She's just rolling around her back, pulling on my fur blanket. She does naughty attention things where she chews on cords and stuff when I'm working. It's so good. I'm in love with her. I'm so lucky. And they, they told me, I, I kept putting in applications on little dogs and my guides told me, no, no, she's just not ready yet. And then boom, I put an application for her. I woke up the next morning and I remembered her and boom, the phone rang and she was mine. And I didn't know this dog. I literally rescued her out of a shithole. They, they seized her animal control. Anyway, it's a terrible story, but she is definitely one of my soulmates and I am grateful that I got her in time for Christmas to, and my birthday to not make me cry, cry, cry. Um, so anyway. A week after I went to the Land of the Dead, my cousin was actually at the hotel with me. She was um, in the bar when I was doing my past life regression. And this is so fun at Castego Hotel. You can, not right now, not while we're so dangerous to each other, but you can like go sit in the bar. They have dueling pianos. It's a really goofy little fun town. Um, but she was sitting in there. And I go in, I tell her stuff. I told her Doreen would change her life. Doreen is like 10 years of therapy in 30 minutes, and I'm not exaggerating. I've had over 10 years of therapy, and Doreen is what I just said she is. Um, so anyway, my cousin, I tell her the whole story. A week later, she travels to her mom's new hotel and pub, my aunt. This thing dates back to the 13th century, um, but my aunt had only just recently purchased it. Their then-new business and home, the Cross Keys in Chatteris, England, 
um, or Chatteris, England, as many of the locals call it, is considered one of the most haunted places in that region. And my God, is it fucking haunted. Anyway, it's so fun. There are fairies on one side and there are ghosts and one of them's a man hater. Um, but my cousin stayed in the attic room on the old side and sent me a photo. And in this, which is considered one of the most haunted areas of the, the whole place, um, there is a stained glass window of a crow having a conversation with a spider just like cat me. So years later when I visited, I pulled an all-nighter on a writing project in this hotel. And I mean, immediately I was like, oh my God, this hotel is part of something. It's part of the grand plan. It's part of my grand plan life. Um, so to stay awake when I was at my aunt's, I was there for a month. Um, and I mean, I had a, oh God, it was a huge writing project. And I procrastinate as we all fire signs do. So I would visit the restaurant's very haunted kitchen for coffee in the middle of the night, then throw open my room's window to let the cold air in and wake me up. Um, and I'd, I'd been there, I'd been in the UK for about two weeks, I think, and crows were everywhere. And my whole family knew I was desperate to get one of their feathers. And uh, we had just visited the Tower of London, um, and it was the same day, it made the news, it was crazy, the first raven chicks to hatch in 30 years hatched the day we were there. Um, and that day I got a raven feather, which was great, but I desperately wanted one from a crow. So that morning, after drinking coffee, staying up, the sun's coming up, I'm, I'm like done with my writing project. I go to the open window about two dozen crows. And I had just had a really ghostly thing in the, the, kitchen of the hotel too it was very sad um there are like young boys who are trapped there I'm gonna try to send them into the light when I go back but um it was really scary because they really wanted to touch me and god I mean when you're half awake the fucking ghosts come in so much better it, you, all your senses all your psychic senses are so much better when you're exhausted um it's because all your dumb ego stuff is too tired to talk to you so I see all these crows on the rooftops across from me and I'm half awake, like I'm trembling, I'm so exhausted. And I yell across the street at them, you fuckers owe me a feather. And they all started calling. And I was like, oh shit, <laughs> it was so wild. But I had recently gifted the crows in LA all of my ex-engagement and wedding rings for Beltane, the super sexy pagan holiday. And all I wanted from them was a measly feather. Um, I... Like, it just felt like it was this weird holdout. How hard is it to get a crow's feather when crows are fucking everywhere, you know? So the next day, I wake up late in the day, like starving, bewildered. I go downstairs for food, and my Aunt Becky says, Look what I found on the doormat this morning. And she pulls this large black feather from her apron pocket and hands it to me. So... They did leave me a feather, even though I yelled at them. And now I currently have a trio of crows at my mother's house where I've been quarantining. And whenever I go outside to feed my squirrels, which um, if you followed me on Instagram, I had a lot of squirrel drama in 2020. It's fucking bullshit. Um, but these crows start calling and swooping, demanding I bring them peanuts. And I haven't asked them for anything yet. I've been feeding them a lot of peanuts. So those fuckers owe me too. Um, all right. I'm wrong. I'm sick of talking about myself. 
uh, <laughs> the next episodes are going to be better. I just needed to do one by myself and, um, and then I'm going to have authors and things, things, all kinds of robots. No, just, just people. Um, so have you, have you thought about it yet? Have you decided, are you the one who's burning or are you the one standing by? My great grandmother was Jewish. Several recent ancestors on my mother's side were carnies. And James Lovell, the astronaut played by Tom Hanks in Apollo 13, one of the world's most famous space explorers, shares my lineage. I love my ancestry. I love it so much because these were the sort of people who had to fight just to be here. I mean, Jim Lovell was born into the right time for his pursuits, but he, like, had he been born 100 years earlier, he might have ended up like Galileo. You know, like, oh, you want to go to the moon? Oh, by the way, do you know that Galileo's fingers were removed before he was buried and you can see them in Florence, Italy? How fucking weird is that? Although whenever I have an animal die, I cut a bunch of their hair off and put it in a Ziploc baggie and I sniff it when I miss them. And man, if you need to cry, get you a bag of your animal hair. Oh my God. Anyway, you should honor your ancestors. I really need to wrap up, but I tell clients this all the time. Create a sacred space in your home. Put your most powerful and meaningful possessions there. I mean, like, not like dumb things that are worth money. Things that are powerful moments to you. The bracelet you wore on the fucking Ferris wheel where you got your first kiss or whatever. That's actually kind of a dumb thing. Anyway, um, I can't remember my first kisses with anybody. That's so sad. Have I kissed too many people? I've been celibate for two years. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's fine. It's a choice, sort of. It's This is what happens when your standards get high. This is what happens when you love yourself. You don't just fuck everybody. All right. So anyway, put your powerful objects, meaningful possessions there. And I'm talking, okay, for me, it's when they pulled my name at the moth. And I won. I won the moth that night. Um, and I have it. And it, it's not even my handwriting. Somebody wrote it down from the list. Anyway, that's on my altar. I have all the weird pet hair I told you about. I'm looking at it right now. I have all the letters that you guys send me. All the sweet, sweet fucking handwritten letters and cards are up there. I should post a picture. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's not supposed to be seen. Anyway, put that stuff up there. The stuff that makes you feel powerful and loved. The stuff that makes you feel like you. And light a candle every now and then. Give them an offering. I have a box of wine. It's just for them. It's just for Kate. Baby girl. Tots. Um, you know, sorry about that. <laughs> it's just for my deities and my my guides. Um, but so call in your woo crew. You got spirit guides. Call in healthy ancestors. Be sure you clarify. Your power animals. I'm so, I think it's also from being vegan, but like power animals, I can see pretty much everybody's power animals, almost, almost like the moment I meet them. Um, power animals are amazing. One of mine is a chihuahua named Tomcat. He showed himself recently when I was talking to somebody. Um, and I was like, it's not him, Tomcat. Stop it. Anyway, um, I, now I'm honoring him by adopting this honking weird piglet chihuahua who's... <laughs> like a little truffle hog in my bed looking for cookies she's hidden in it. God, it's so gross. I keep washing the bedding. Um, she was just in a terrible shelter and I'm a bit of, I was a almost entire Virgo two lifetimes ago. So I like to keep it clean. Anyway, deities, angels. Oh, those motherfucking angels. You got angels. Call them in. Call your woo crew in. You have to ask them to intervene and improve your life. You have to ask for this. 
it's like prayer, but you don't have to deal with Jesus. I get it. Lots of people think he's a fucking dud. Um, anyway, your guides, the thing they love hearing the most is I want to make you proud of me. I say it to them every day. I connect to them every day. And then you feel them and you can ask to hear them more clearly. You can ask for anything, ask them for anything, you guys, but get habitual. In 2021, you're going to need all the help you can get. Those of you who identify as men, you're finally feeling the divine feminine. Pisces, you're the star pupil of the awakening. Gemini, call me. Um, I don't think my vagina has grown shut yet. And here's the goddess theory I mentioned earlier. My shaman friend who is so incredible at healing and has totally changed my life, Sarah Goff. Ooh, we're doing some retreats at my aunt's haunted in as soon as we're all less deadly to one another. Um, subscribe to my website, get on the mailing list for this sort of thing if you're interested. And I don't send a lot of emails. Don't worry. Anyway, um, Sarah said to me recently, you don't get downloads, you get lightning bolts. Last year, my guides told me any of us can be like Jesus. Now, not like Christ-like. I mean, I mean, Jesus was a badass. He was flipping tables over. He was like, not in my house, motherfuckers. He has a hot energy. Um, okay. He's also the only man I'll let in my home during my, my menstruation. Uh, if you are a person who menstruates, fucking put that on your calendar and stay home and manifest. Those are your most powerful days. The first and second, honestly. The rest kind of meh. But I don't let men in my home when I'm menstruating. I go full old school. Anyway, um, so apparently this was a lightning bolt I got. You can be like Jesus or Aphrodite or Hecate. It takes many lifetimes of work, but you can be absorbed into their energy. You can be absorbed into the goddess. You can become part of any deity that, that you're living a um, parallel life with. Like anybody who like resonates. You know, for me, it is obviously Hakate. For those of you who love, love, love and use love as your primary tool, you might end up working as Aphrodite, like full on absorbed into the Aphrodite goddess energy. Um, I wonder sometimes, is this like a mall Santa? Cause like Aphrodite can't be everywhere at once. Uh, Hakate can't, I, I honestly kind of think Hakate can. Anyway, I'm not totally sure about the details. For those of you willing to burn it all to the ground, willing to burn alive to remain true to yourselves, you could end up like Hakate, part of, as part of Hakate. Um, I ha have had like a lot of moments where they have screamed this at me. And I don't think it's just me. I also don't, like, I don't understand why I've gotten to be here so much. I don't understand because... Um, you know, I do try really hard. I try not to be a total fucking shitbird disappointment to my guys. I really do. And I am a triple fire, so I get real, real bad crazy brain sometimes. But, um, you know, I, I am a sexual assault survivor abused by both humans and the supernatural, which will fuck you up in ways you cannot imagine. Rage. Oh, the rage. You just never really, it doesn't, you just got to find a place to put it where it can't hurt you. Um, Persephone was too. And many historians, uh, philosophers, well, whatever, believe Persephone transformed into Hecate after surviving and overcoming her abduction and rape. The story of Hades keeping her in hell and Hecate going down with her torches and badass self could be Persephone's evolution. I love this theory and I have seen Hecate and she is phenomenal. She's like, she's never less than seven feet tall. I mean, what the fuck? 
and I have yet to see her face. It's always a cloak. Um, I do have a psychic friend I was reading one time and she saw Hakate's face come out of me, which was <gasps> so flattering. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I'm, I do her bidding gladly. I believe that, um, she's empowering. She doesn't, she doesn't want you to worship her. That's the thing. People who don't know about witchcraft, you don't know about how this works. Like it's just tapping into an ancient fucking energy that will give you the life you want. And it'll also expect, she expects you to work. She doesn't reward you for nothing um she and Hagati came to me without me calling her she also told me to work with Lilith but demanded I devote myself to her first which um if you're new to witchcraft uh you know that that's fine but you should definitely get to know everyone I've mentioned in this episode um and honestly there's no such thing as new to witchcraft you live on this planet full of magical resources to which you have constant access make your magic and send me an email. Visit witchypoo.com for more details. I'm going to have some really special people on here to help me explore your options and address any questions you send my way, no matter how weird. Please feel free to get weird. Weird is wonderful. And check out my new project, stregsy.com. We're actually seeking psychics, tarot readers, yoga instructors, uh, candle makers, pretty much all spiritualists with a service or product to offer. You can sell your witchy wares um, through our marketplace. You can give readings. You can um, upload um, your own psychic development courses. This is not your typical phone psychic bullshit. We do not do pay per minute. And you get to use your real name. Um, as an ex-phone psychic for some of the biggest companies in the world, I wanted to create something that actually helps people. And I really think I pulled it off. I'm so proud of this. I've been working my ass off on it. Um, uh, Witchy Poo, I will be um, honestly probably uh, pulling lots of our top psychics to interview on here. I want this to be a resource. I want to help people. You guys, I'm a master 11 and I'm straddling 22. I'm already crossing over to my 22. Anyway, I have to build and I have to teach. That's I'm doing that. That building and teaching. That's this lifetime for me. Um, get to know your numerology. It is very important. Um, also, know your soul contract, you guys. Minus self-respect. It's a fucking oh harsh one, but whew, I mean the lessons, the pain. It's horrible. Anyway, <laughs> I'm doing it. You have to be doing it. Um, also, join my Patreon for psychic predictions, secret bonus content. My uh, my private blog, which I'm doing again. I'm writing poetry, you guys. I'm writing poetry. My ex Gemini told me I didn't know how to write poetry. Well, that motherfucker's wrong because it's on my Patreon and it rhymes. And um, what else on there? I got watch parties. What, what else? Ryan and I were trying to do watch parties. It was just so hard to coordinate. Anyway, live book clubs with some of the authors I'll be interviewing. Um, and even there's one tier where you get a monthly one-on-one psychic reading with me. And um, I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to be reading people one-on-one. Um, I just, I, I love it and it's fulfilling, but I think I'm about to start writing again, books and things. Um, so I think maybe another year, but this will grandfather you in. So I'm probably going to keep like certain clients after I stop giving readings and, um, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is for my guides. This isn't me deciding. I was honestly relieved though when they told me that. So check out the links to all this fun stuff in the show notes. And if you listened to this far without screaming crazy bitch multiple times at your device, <laughs> your device, why not write a five-star review? Thanks for valuing and validating my efforts until next time. Keep living a life that's worth burning for.